Hey guys, this is the Always the Critic movie podcast. If this is your first time listening to the show, thank you for giving our show a chance. If you really enjoy the show, go ahead and subscribe so you can listen to what we have coming up in the future. If you want to support what we're doing, you could become a monthly contributor to the show. It goes a long way in being able to produce brand new episodes every single week. If you want to go ahead and contribute, you can actually find a link in your show notes, or you can go to anchor.fm slash alwaysthecritic slash support. Now that we got all that out of the way, here is a brand new episode of Always the Critic Movie Podcast. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Always the Critic podcast. Today, we are doing something a little bit different. We are looking back at the year 2018. Uh, There was a lot of movies. We've done a lot of reviews. So now we're just going to talk about the best of the best, the best scenes, the best performances, and of course, the best movies. Joining me today on this episode is Jessica Furby. What's up, guys? And Daniel Romero. Hey, guys. So we have discussed these different things. Uh, we basically came to a consensus pretty much to uh, mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about now. We're actually going to go ahead and get started on those moments in movies that really made an impact on us. The best moments, the best scenes of 2018. And we'll start with, we're going to talk about 10 of them. Uh, and I think we could start with this one. I think it got a lot of... Uh, a lot of people talking about it because it's so funny and it's uh, it's when <laughs> <laughs> Vanellope meets the princesses in Ralph Breaks the Internet. What kind of a princess are you? What kind? Do you have magic hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? No. Kidnapped or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I call the police? Then I have to assume you made a deal with an underwater sea witch where she took your voice in exchange for a pair of human legs? No. Good (gasps) lord, who would do that? Have you ever had true love's kiss? Ew, barf! Do you have daddy issues? I don't even have a mom. Neither do we! And now for the million dollar question. Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big strong man showed up? Yes, what is up with that? She, she is, is a princess. I <laughs> uh, wanted to gauge your thoughts, Jessica. Why do you think this scene makes it as one of the best of the year? Uh, because I think it was so tongue-in-cheek, self-aware, and we all enjoy a good Disney princess every now and again, but this was very... Interesting to see them in a different environment, see them all together, it playing off each other. So it was it was just super cute as well. They animated all of them in the same style, which is different because not all of them are drawn in the same style. Right. Um, so that was kind of cool. Also, their loungewear was like on point. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't complain. Vanellope thrown in there too was a great um was a great addition. I thought she would she was, you know making fun of like their whole scenarios and why they're princesses. Yeah. I think when they're each just rattling off, like why she's a princess and it's like, are you cursed? And uh, (laughs) did a big strong man come and show up and all your problems were fixed? She's like, Uh, yeah. (laughs) So you are a princess. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think it's super memorable in a movie that was actually really good. 
um, throughout. But I think that's one of the most memorable scenes from this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, switching gears a little bit, uh, this is from a different genre of movie completely. It's uh, Damien Chazelle's First Man, and it was the Apollo moon landing. Um, Now, this movie was a bit divisive among the group, but I think (laughs) most of us agree that this scene itself was actually done very well. Mm -hmm. I think the score really adds to it. Yeah, there was actually music in this part, and <laughs> there was a lot of tension, even though obviously they land uh, safely and they get back safely. But it was just a culmination of everything that they'd been working toward, and so they gave it a lot of weight, obviously. Um, and just the visuals were really cool. Um, you know, it was it was a good moment. I think it was a nice climax for that movie. movie. Yeah, definitely. For a movie that, I've, I've, I mean, I think we discussed this one. It was a a little bit of like a letdown as far as the hype that led up to it. Mm. That that one scene redeems the movie for me. I think the oh. rest of it is, is fairly slow, but yeah. that oh, moon God, landing yes. scene is awesome. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Just the way it's shot. And then, I, I mean, I thought all the controversy around it was dumb. They didn't show putting the American flag in the moon, but like the reasoning behind it was to show like what an achievement, not for America, but what mankind that was. Mm-hmm. So, this, and the scene achieved that very, very well. Yeah, I think it does such a great job of uh, – and Damien Chazelle, you know, he was coming off of Whiplash and La La Land, two movies that were basically musicals and he just went in a completely different direction. And that moment, I think he really flexed his uh, muscles there. Now, uh, next scene that we're going to talk about, another animated movie. Uh, it was late in the year, but – uh, it actually just won the Golden Globe for Best Animated Film. It was Woo! Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The scene that we want to talk about is the introduction of all the spider people all <laughs> at once. Uh, I think it's hilarious. I think the different types of people that we get is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Danny, uh, which one of those would you say really sticks out of all the um, spider people in that um, moment? In that moment, I mean, it's just... it's. My two favorites in the movie were definitely the noir Spider-Man, Nick Cage, and then Spider-Ham, John Mulaney. <laughs> He's pushing for a Spider-Ham spinoff right now. Oh, I'm man. really hoping that happens because, wow, that'd be great. Um, that whole movie was just, it was it was a great Spider-Man story, but it also did, based on this scene and just, I mean, the entire movie, it didn't take itself too seriously, which is what you know, superhero comics should be. It's not meant to be this dark, gritty stuff. <coughs> Aquaman. Um, <laughs> oh, what? Wow, but, we're just throwing shade. <laughs> but, but Aquaman no, I, wasn't that gritty. <laughs> what? Okay. But does Aquaman not take itself a little too seriously? I think at points, but on the whole, it's just what's his face having a good time. Yeah. All right. We talked. We talked that later. We Aquaman talked about this, week, but, but yeah. okay. But I didn't know you were going to come out guns blazing like that. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I got to give it up for Spider Noir, Nicolas Cage. Uh, just everything that he says in that movie is so quotable. But I love when they introduce him and he's like, <laughs> is he in black and white? Why is it? Where's the wind coming from? We're in a basement. And just like so many different things <laughs> like that were so good. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. funny. Now, um. This movie, this next one we're going to talk about, um, I, I don't think it was a great movie, but this scene just 
sticks out. And that is Ready Player One, The Shining Sequence. Okay, I disagree because I liked this movie a lot. Okay. But The Shining Sequence was really good. Super good. Yeah, the moment that they enter through the movie theater and you see the way it's they ripped it right out of the yeah. actual movie. It was... I, I didn't really comprehend how they were doing it. Like they were inserting themselves into that movie and it just blended so well. Mm-hmm. And just all the creepiness of The Shining coming through with these characters that we just got introduced to. Um, and everything that goes on, like you see the blood coming out of the elevator. You see the twin girls. Uh, it's just crazy, that scene. I, I really enjoy that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely the highlight of the movie. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Now, uh, one of the biggest moments of the year, and I'm going to talk about just anything, was (laughs) the snap. Thanos' snap. Uh, People just made memes of it left and right. (laughs) So it's only, it is only, you know, fitting that we talk about one of the biggest and probably surprising a little bit moments of that entire movie was Mm -hmm. the fact that Thanos does actually get all the stones and he does the snap and he eliminates half he of the Avengers. Yeah, no, that, that moment. So that's something that happens in the comics. So I guess people were expecting it. I had no idea going into it. Like that's one of those moments in film where I wish I could go back and watch it again for the first time because that was nuts. They like just realizing, Oh crap, the Avengers lost and half the team is gone. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting that. Uh, I liked it. <laughs> but y'all know that I'm like <laughs> I um I'm not a, the biggest Marvel fan. So when they wiped out Happy Avengers, I was like, "Oh, perfect." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the only my only gripe with it is that we live in a world where we know what movies are coming out in 7 years. So you knew there were really no consequences to that. Spider-Man's got a movie coming out this year. Black Panther's getting a sequel. Doctor Strange is getting a sequel. The Guardians are getting a sequel. So, like, it was it was. So I'm saying. They should have also... stuck to their guns, and that would have been the biggest shock. But they're not. So, But, but the moment was still... Um, it took everyone by surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly. Especially um, so that's because, what's great. Yeah, especially because everyone's fading away. And then all of a sudden, you know, you you end off on Thanos doing exactly what he said is sit down and join the sunset. And then it cuts the black and you're just sitting there. You're shocked. You're, you're shocked. just stunned. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, it definitely had to be mentioned. It's one of the one of the biggest moments, one of the biggest. I think scenes. a lot of people have not recovered. No. <laughs> and uh, but we'll from that snap. We'll get a continuation to that. Two months, three months away from Endgame. Oh God! Oh my what? God. No, that's soon. April twenty seventh. <gasps> a, a little over three months. A little over three months. Wow. Holy wow. crap! All right, let's. Damn it! Let's <laughs> let's tie this. Another back. Marvel movie. I'm gonna drag me too. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> now, next. the next scene. Uh, this came from I would say one of the bigger surprises of the year, uh, because. When we heard that, hey, the guy from The Office is directing a movie, I don't (laughs) think we were ready for the type of movie that he brought us. And that was A Quiet Place and specifically the baby birth scene. Um, 
boy, is that intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm still shaking a little bit because, you know, first of all, it starts with her like starting to go into labor and then she steps on the nail and then the whole sequence is just, I mean, on the edge of your seat. It's so good. The tension just continues to rise. Like she turns on the red lights, the, her husband and the son are coming back. They see it. They go full into, you know, like we need to do this. And, you know, they're sign languaging everything, but the tension is just building and building. And Mm -hmm. then she like sneaks off to the bathtub and she's just trying to hold in the contractions and hold in the screaming. Oh, what an intense scene. Yeah. And I, I remember like how quiet the theater was when I saw yeah. it. Like, nobody was moving. Everyone was just riveted. Everything was like hinging on this moment in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I give John Krasinski so much credit for putting that together and just delivering a pretty good scene. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> a damn good scene. <laughs> a damn good scene. All right. Now, next scene comes from. Another movie that was a big surprise, um, and I'd say surprise in the box office because we haven't seen an Asian-led cast starring a movie since 1993, and we finally got one this year, and it did gangbusters at the box office, and I'm talking about Woo-hoo. Crazy Rich Asians. That's right. But the scene mm-hmm. I really want to point out is the scene where they are playing Mahjong, and it's yeah. just tense between Rachel and Auntie Eleanor, and those two going <laughs> at it right at that table. I know Nick told you the truth about my mom, but you didn't like me the second I got here. Why is that? There is a Hokkien phrase, Gagilang. It means our own kind of people. And you're not our own kind. Because I'm not rich? Because I didn't go to a British boarding school or I wasn't born into a wealthy family? You're a foreigner, American, and all Americans think about is their own happiness. Don't you want Nick to be happy? It's an illusion. We understand how to build things that last, something you know nothing about. You don't know me. I know you're not what Nick needs. Well, he proposed to me yesterday. He said he'd walk away from his family and from you for good. Don't worry, I turned him down. Only a fool falls to winning hand. There's no winning. You made sure of that. Because if Nick chose me, he would lose his family. And if he chose his family, he might spend the rest of his life resenting you. Yeah. I think a close second in that movie, which I just it just came to me, is the wedding scene. The wedding scene's actually really good. Yeah. I really like the wedding scene. But the Mahjong was like... Um, I think it had so much cultural significance that it and the tension between our two ladies was so good. Just kind of iconic with um, the two of them just sitting there playing this game and all of their fighting is happening with them playing this game strategically. So I thought that was very good. That's why it's on this list. But the wedding scene is just so beautiful. Like the whole thing is just extra and crazy and i loved it that whole movie was i the box office was unexpected i think the whole movie like as good as it was kind of came out of left field that is not my type of movie my wife dragged me to that one but i really enjoyed it Mm. 
what I I'm think glad. it also does is it also uh, revived. Well, it was a bit of a renaissance happening at the same time, but um, the rom-com was pretty dormant for a while. Like we hadn't mm-hmm. had a memorable rom-com come in the last couple of years. And this is finally a big one that kind of just, you know, put it together. And also now there's plans for sequels to come up from this. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're not more books, more movies, more books, more movies. So we're not done with this crew yet. Now, the next one comes from a movie that just happened to win the Golden Globe for Ooh. best picture. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this movie we did not like. Um, you can go back and listen to the episode, but that was Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, but there is one shining moment in that movie. And I think it, it really lasts. And it's only because it's... <coughs> it's a note-for-note um, recreation. Yeah. Reenactment. Yeah. Of exactly. the Live Aid performance from 1985. <laughs> like but it's then is the scene good or is the Live Aid performance good? Honestly, it doesn't even matter because it's still so memorable. It made the scene, the best scenes list. But it is a valid question. I think they did a very good job of recreating it. I mean, like, it's different angles and stuff from obviously the footage that from the actual live aid performance. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think it was. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It was damn good. It was. Um, it was the highlight of the entire movie. And that's why that movie won. It leaves you picture. on such a happy note. Oh, my God. I know. It is a great ender for a movie. The fact that obviously it is a shot for shot remake of the real thing, you know. So, I mean, I would say that they did a good job of reenacting it and, you know, getting everything like the way Freddie Mercury slaps the cameraman's butt like just (laughs) randomly in one shot and they do it exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it leaves you on a happy note so I can see why the Golden Globes happen to make this their best picture. I, I, even like that, I still I, can't it's not, understand it. It's not the best picture. It's not the best Period. picture. But yeah. this scene is really good. We loved it. Now, we are down to our two biggest scenes of the year. This next movie, we could have chosen many different scenes from this uh, movie. But we decided on one. Uh, we could have gone with the bathroom fight scene. We could have gone with the helicopter chase. Uh, but we are talking about Mission Impossible Fallout. And the scene that we decided to go with was the chase through Paris, Lane's breakout, where Tom Cruise is on a motorcycle being chased through the streets of Paris. And he does the circle around, <coughs> excuse me, Arc of Triumph. Uh, I think this scene is just crazy how they shot it. He's just riding out there, you know, trying to <laughs> avoid the cops. And it's it's one hell of a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel. Yeah, the, whole, the whole lead up to it where you, you kind of see it playing out in his head, how he could, or I, I forget the context of it, where you see him actually kill Lane right there. And then he snaps out of it. And then the actual thing kind of plays out all over again. Yeah. For real. Like the scene was shot. It was like blocked so well yeah yeah i think the technical aspect of it was really good i mean it's just a quality action 
action sequence. So, which we don't get very often. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to really nail down a good action piece, which is weird because we lived through a time, you know, in the in the late '80s, '90s, where action movies were just all the time. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you know, with so many movies relying on CGI and stuff, that you know, good technical achievements are rare nowadays in action movies. So this movie pulled out all the stops. Yeah. And it really shows in this particular scene. Now, our final scene comes from a little movie uh, <laughs> from a directorial debut of Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born. Uh, again, this movie could have had uh, multiple scenes as well, but I think the one that really sticks out in people's minds, in our minds, is the moment that Allie joins Jackson on stage to sing Shallows for the yeah. first time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the movie ever lives up to that moment again, because that movie, that moment is such a high, but it, it's fantastic. And the thing is, we saw it coming. Because like, oh, yeah. the trailers was pretty basically much, that. Yeah, it was basically that. But somehow the movie still, even though you it know it's coming, that. yeah, it surpasses mm-hmm. it. And I was, I was surprised. It's magical. It was magical. It really is. And like when Cooper starts singing, I was like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> he he's got a voice. And then Gaga comes in, belts it out. Overall, I think an amazing scene. It probably our favorite scene of the year here on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, definitely. All right, now let's go ahead and let's talk about our favorite performances of the year. Uh, there's a lot of individual performances that can really be pretty much uh, given some notice, given some respect. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take these in alphabetical order by the last name of the performer and uh, talk about it. Now, there are a couple of performances here and there where one of us has seen it, the other one hasn't. So the person who has seen it, they can go a little more in depth as to why they believe that this should be on the list. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the very first performance is going to be me talking about it, and that's uh, Christian Bale in Vice. I want you to be my VP. You're the solution to my problem. Uh, I'm CEO of a large company. I have been uh, Secretary of Defense. I have been the Chief of Staff. Uh, the vice presidency is mostly a uh, symbolic job. Right, right. I can see how that wouldn't be uh, enticing to you. However, the vice presidency is also defined by the president. And if we were to come to a uh, different understanding. Uh-huh. Go on. I'm listening. I sense that uh, you're a kinetic leader. You make decisions based on instinct. I am. Mm. People always said that. Yeah, yeah. Very different. Very different from uh, 
from your father in that regard. Now, maybe I can uh, handle some of the more mundane jobs, overseeing uh, bureaucracy, managing military, uh, energy, uh, foreign policy. That sounds good. Um, Christian Bale put on a bunch of weight. He did he really? Yeah, he um, he actually gained, uh, if I'm not mistaken, sixty five pounds. Don't Yeah, he he's not joking around. When he commits to a role, he he will lose the amount of weight that it is necessary or gain it. Um, in this oh, role, he's almost unrecognizable as himself. He really becomes Dick Cheney. Um, you know, the way he speaks even, like, it's so hard to really imagine Christian Bale there. So when you're seeing the movie, Bale is, isn't even on your mind. You're, you're seeing a man who we, you know, are led to believe as Dick Cheney. That's what we see. And Bale does such an amazing job, you know, transforming into him. And he was recognized last night for best actor in a comedy, which, these Golden Globes, <laughs> these Golden Globes, <laughs> vice a comedy. Um, I mean, there's some comedic moments, but nonetheless, it was a great performance. Now, uh, the next performance that I wanted to shout out, and I'll let Jessica talk about it. It's mm-hmm. uh, Emily Blunt in A Quiet Place. So Emily Blunt um, kind of blew us away a little bit in A Quiet Place. And I think that we already mentioned the scene where she was alone giving birth. And that whole bit was great. But I also want to call attention to her performance when that creature was in the basement that got flooded. And then she had to get the baby, get out. That whole thing was great. I think that she's one of the better actors of our generation. Um, And she just seemed to be believable um, in her role as this apocalyptic mother living in a silent world. Yeah, I think it's it speaks volumes that this movie works because she really brings a really, you know, like a very focused type of mm-hmm. acting in the role, whether it's being maternal or, you know, being that loving wife to a husband, um, but also living in this post-apocalyptic world. She does such a great job and i think that's why it's uh the scene was great and also like you mentioned other scenes in that movie that really stick out that are really good mm-hmm. now uh danny uh you did nominate this one and it did make our list because i think i agree that it's it's a very good performance given what he's doing and that's uh, john cho in searching definitely this was a movie that i don't think anyone expected to be good but it, it was because it's one of those premises that could have been really gimmicky and cheesy and not worked, but the way they handled it worked very well. John Cho for a lot of this movie is acting with himself, basically. Um, mm. the, the entire film is shot from the perspective of a computer screen, an iPad, some piece of technology, whether it be through a video chat, FaceTime call, um, Facebook messaging, iMessages, anything like that. Um, so a lot of the movie relies really on his facial expressions um, and how really, I mean, again, like he's almost acting by himself because a lot of it's through those video chats, video calls. So, and this just 
the, the movie is so tense as his daughter goes missing. You see him, you know, come to grips with the fact that she's not answering his call. She's not answering his phone or answering her phone. Um, and he has to go through, he works with this detective. He starts, you know, suspecting the brother and this kid that goes to school with her that she was dating or something. And then, you know, once you see the final twist in the movie play out, like you really see him kind of unravel and the tension build. Um, and I mean, I think from John Cho, who most people know from freaking Harold and Kumar, like it's <laughs> right. not uh, it's not the type of performance you would expect from him. But I think he knocked it out of the park. I won't say it's the best performance of the year, but I think, you know, it definitely shows the range that he has as an actor. And it's, you know, another film this year where where an Asian-American actor definitely took the spotlight and ran with it. Yeah, I, I really did like his performance and I like that the way the character was written and the way he portrays it is as someone who has common sense and does stuff that we would do in situations that he's in. Yeah. I also do like that. He starts to unravel because of the fact that he's missing his daughter. You know, his daughter is missing and he doesn't know what to do. He he's a shell of a man who doesn't know what to do with her missing with his missing daughter. So I think it was a really good performance. So um, I really like that pick. That was a good pick there. All right. Uh, the, the next performance we want to mention is from a movie that I think all of us wanted to like, but some something happens pretty much near the end that kind of ruins the movie for most of us. But I don't think that takes away from the performance, and that is Tony Collette in Hereditary. Right. She plays right. a... You know, a mother of a special needs child, I would say. Um, eh, yes. Yeah. Well, eh, kind of. Maybe. But her, uh, the, I guess the grandmother dies. And so that is taking a toll on the family itself. What they don't know is that it's taking on a toll on them spiritually as well. Uh, <laughs> through Yeah, exactly. But I think... Tony Collette is fantastic. The way she can show fear, anger, uh, distress throughout most mania, of- mania. Yeah, she, uh, like- she reminds me a lot of John Malkovich. Like in the way, like I hate them both as actors, but they're so <laughs> damn good. Like I, like I hate them in whatever role they're playing, but they're so freaking good at it. And like she. Her performance is a highlight of this movie. I, this movie, I didn't think it was good. It was uncomfortable. But I guess that was, I think that's the point. But like the scene where they're fight or where she's arguing with the son at the dinner table. Oh, and yes. Oh, it. that's the, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. I don't want to say anything. I've tried saying Okay, anything. so try again. Release yourself. Oh, release you, you mean? Yeah, fine. Release me. Just say it. Just fucking say it. Don't you swear at me, you little shit. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. Do you understand? All I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that fucking face on your face. So full of disdain and resentment and always so annoyed. Well, now your sister is dead. And I know you miss her. And I know it was an accident, and I know you're in pain, and I wish I could take that away for you. I wish I could shield you from the knowledge that you did what you did, but your sister is dead. She's gone forever. And what a waste. 
If it could have maybe brought us together or something. If you could have just said, I'm sorry, or faced up to what happened. Maybe, and we could do something with this, but you can't take responsibility for anything. So now I can't accept, and I can't forgive. Because, because nobody admits anything they've done. Number one. Number two is when she saws her own head off. And then that's all we see of Tony Collette. (laughs) That's the end of Tony Collette's performance. She shot, she saws her own head off. She knows how to, she knows how to scream. It's those crazy eyes, man. Yes. Yeah. She has like crazy eyes and she knows how to work into it and tap into Mm -hmm. it. I think it is a great job in a movie that, if if something was different in the movie, I think we would be talking about it more. I I think, uh, but somehow they they found a way to ruin it. Anyway, <laughs> oh my god! Moving right along, uh, the next performance, uh, Jessica, I wanted to mention because we both have seen this movie, and yeah. that is the favorite. Uh, specifically, yep. the performance we want to because everyone in this movie brings their a game. It, yeah. It's funny and everything, but the one that really stands out is Olivia Coleman as Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. For sure, um, she was one crazy lady in this movie. She had a lot of um, memorable moments and scenes, um, a lot of crazy lines, a lot of yelling. Um, you know, seemed like bipolar disorder. But I think that what sold it for me was that. Um, that moment where she's talking with uh, Emma Stone's character and she's talking about the bunnies and how she lost seven kids and she just her eyes like well up with tears. 17. 17 kids. Sorry. 17 kids and how the bunnies are representative of all the children that she's lost. Yeah. And that was just one of those scenes where I was like, oh, wow. So she went she just did this whole spectrum of emotions in that one scene and you know yelling in people's faces she's screaming because she has gout she's in pain she's did every emotion in this movie and i think it works so well oh it it really does and the way she plays off of the other two rachel vice and emma stone Mm -hmm. throughout the entire movie is just great to watch and she also happened to win uh best actress last night in comedy uh so i think she'll be a favorite Leading into the Oscars. Hey! Now, uh, the next performance. This one um, might strike some people as, what do you, why is he on the list? But Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, I think the reason why we have him on here, it's not necessarily the acting per se, but more of what he does in the movie. Dude jumps out of a damn airplane. There we go. (laughs) Like, Holy crap. Tom Cruise deserves some sort of award for these movies. That is commitment. He learned to fly a freaking helicopter. He did. And he did it in less time than it was supposed to be. (laughs) (sighs) Like, I mean, this man does all the stunts for us, for the audience, pretty much. Uh, He is committed to his craft. And just like Danny said, he jumped out of a freaking airplane. Like boss. Who else does that? You think Henry Cavill did that crap? No, he did not. And I know that for a fact because I saw the making of it. He did not do the Halo jump. Tom Cruise did. Awful. 
that's what you know that they're trying to make the seventh Mission Impossible the first film shot in space. I'm, I, Tom the, Cruise what? is going to be floating around in space, <laughs> and it's going to be Tom Cruise. He's be up there with that freaking Tesla that's floating around right now. Oh, oh my, my god. <laughs> So yeah, that is why Tom Cruise is on our. <laughs> I don't list. even know how to take that. No, exactly. I don't know how to how to take that either. But <laughs> I can't process that. Okay. There's a reason why he was on our list, and it's because we really enjoyed what he does physically uh, to to get into that role and to make yep. the movie so enjoyable. Now, mm-hmm. the next one, or actually in this case two, um, I wanted to tie them together because they're both from the same movie. And I think both of them deserve to be talked about. And that is Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga in A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to start with Cooper because that voice that he's throwing on throughout the entire movie. That's that, hard. That is hard. Like he's got I this. I want to take another look at you. <laughs> that, besides Thanos' snap, I think that must be the most memed movie moment of the year <laughs> no bird box i think oh God, bird box yes. is still having right. a moment snuck in yeah. there right at the end yeah it did yeah. it snuck in there right at the end right at the end yeah but uh <clears throat> cooper first off he's directing this movie and he's starring in it alongside of lady gaga uh that right there is tough enough but to be able to do that voice that he's doing and doing the kind of eddie Vedder impersonation that he's doing kind of uh, and then he's singing at the same time as well. And playing. That's and playing. Play. He learned yeah. how to play for yep. this. And so I think that that definitely deserves a shout out. Um, I was surprised that he didn't win last night. Um, that went to someone that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, but what about Lady Gaga, guys? How how did we feel about Gaga in this role? I told you before when we talked about this that I thought she was going to win the Oscar or win an award the moment that she started singing I'll Never Love Again at the very end of the movie. And I was like, oh, my God, she's singing through tears. I can't even imagine doing that. And she just looks so cut up and so focused on the song. And she sounded amazing. Um, I just think she became that character. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I I could go on forever about what a great performer Lady Gaga is, but she really can do it all. Like mm-hmm. she, she's a fantastic songwriter. She's a fantastic vocalist. Now we know she's a fantastic actress. Like I hope that we do see more of her acting in film um, going forward. And the fact that I mean it's her debut f- feature film. She's acted in like American Horror Story and stuff before, but like, and she's nominated for Best Actress. I mean that says something. Yeah, yeah. and to to think, you know. You could have a hundred people in a room and (laughs) that's probably the biggest joke of a star is born is that speech that she like recycled a hundred times. Yeah. And actually last night during the golden globes, um, she didn't, no, 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 wait, Andy Samberg and Sandra O were hosting. And so they (laughs) talked about her and she was like, uh, Sandra O said at first, she was like, and with Lady Gaga, you know, there could be a hundred people in the room oh, and ninety nine savage. Right. They did it right there. And then Andy Sandberg was like, you know what? You're so right. A hundred people could be in a room and ninety nine and they repeated the same exact thing oh my right God. back to back. 
But what's great is that Gaga so was rude. a sport about it. Like she's no, like yeah. she's like hugging Bradley Cooper at her chair, and she like yells out, "It's true." You know, oh it's, uh, she was a sport. Okay, about good. It. She was a yeah, good yeah. sport about it. But uh, yeah, so this movie, I think that the Golden Globes aside, I think it's still going to be a force for the Oscars coming up. So we are definitely going to be hearing more about this movie. Now, switching gears to a movie that should have gotten some type of love, but people just didn't really watch it. Uh, I think it was well done for the type of movie it was. And that's the movie Widows. And the one specific performance we want to showcase is the one of Elizabeth Debicki. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is a very tall woman. (laughs) And they make it known. That's the first thing you want to say about no, but it's a very tall woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, so yeah, her character had the biggest arc in the whole movie. Um, she changed the most. And I think that we all sort of were like, whoa, blown away a bit when she switched gears on us in the middle of the movie when she was trying to buy a gun at the gun show. Yes, that was the moment that I was like, Oh, this is yeah, this yeah. is really good. And Mm -hmm. just like you said, her arc changes so much because she goes from kind of the damsel in distress where she is like the abused woman in a relationship and she really takes her own agency. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, then she doesn't take any crap from anyone, including Viola Davis. Yep. She slaps Viola Davis. She slaps Viola Davis. Points. Points given. Points given for that. I think it was a it was a great, great uh, role and uh, not enough people talked about that movie. I really thought nope. that movie would be a lot bigger than it was. Now, another movie that not many people saw. I don't know if either one of you saw it. I know I just recently saw it. It was a movie from earlier in the year, but I got to it late, which was First Reformed. And it is Ethan Hawke. He's playing a priest um, who it has this entanglement with this couple who delivers him some news and he's struggling with his religion and his faith. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's such a great performance. And also it's a great showcase of what religion can be in a movie. I think a lot of times when we think of religious movies, we'll think of a lot of those uplifting type of, um, you know, like God's not dead or fireproof fireproof. I don't know know why I thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know the type of movie I'm talking about, but I think Clear Room. Yes. <laughs> but this Left movie, Behind. What? <laughs> now, but this movie takes <laughs> Christianity or, you know, in this case Catholicism because he is Catholic. Um, and it really shines a light of what is it like to deal with your faith when you are struggling with it. And Ethan Hawke just wears on his face like a man who's been through things. And the way he will use logic along with the religion uh, to guide people. But at the same time, he's struggling with himself. In the movie, he has a journal that he's writing in every single day. No matter if it's a bad thought or good thought, he'll write it down. And you'll see him struggling with himself. Just like writing down, like, I don't know why I told him this. I could have said this. 
You know, sometimes when I'm talking to people, I don't even believe what I'm saying, you know, like stuff like that. And I think it was such a great performance. And if you guys want to check it out, First Reformed, I know it's on Amazon right now. I give it a shot. I would definitely check it out. And finally, the last performance we're going to talk about before we get into our top movies of the year is last night's winner for best actor in a drama which is so weird that they didn't put themselves in the musical category, but whatever. It is <laughs> Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, uh, yes. It is the lone bright spot in a bad movie. Yeah. I think that there are moments where, not that you forget that you're watching a movie, but you're thinking, wow, he really put himself as Freddy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that he uh, was trying to be as respectful as possible to this icon that everyone uh, knows and loves, listens to still. So it was a more respectful performance than maybe other movie uh, band biopics. Yeah. Biopics. So I think that that's something to be said. But at the same time, he was very conscious of his movements very conscious of his teeth and the mouth shape that he was doing um and that it was just one of those um attention to attention to detail things yeah um that was nice to see and that's what made the performance the live aid thing so great is because he was paying attention to every little nuance that freddie was doing yeah and uh, uh, you you pick up on a lot of the stuff because if you watch any footage of the real Freddie Mercury, basically, even though it's a bit of an imitation, it doesn't mm-hmm. go unnoticed that the fact that he did as much studying as he could about Freddie. Mm-hmm. He really, you know, nails down mannerisms and movements, like you said. And I don't think uh, just because... It's something that he's copying doesn't take away from the fact that he works really hard at it. And it shows in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got to give him props on that one. Now, we have come to big moment and it is our 10 best movies of 2018 so we're gonna go ahead and discuss from 10 to 1 what our top 10 movies are but before we talk about our 10 there are movies that didn't quite make our consensus top 10 uh doesn't mean that we didn't like them it's just that there wasn't enough room there has to be 10 so i wanted to go around with real quick and ask you guys What's a movie that you wish would have been in that consensus top 10? Jessica, I'll start with you. Is there a movie that you wish would have just snuck in there maybe? Uh, let's see. Outlaw King and Game Night. Mm. Game Come Night. Come to mind. Yeah. Game Night was so good. It was. It, it, so it was good. actually uh, probably my favorite comedy, like studio comedy this year. Um, yeah. The way it was done. Even like um, – it was the the director <clears throat> the director himself is from Freaks and Geeks 
And like he took a lot of chances with the way he shot stuff, like making it look yeah, like the tilt toys. shift. Yeah, the tilt shift. Um, and it was funny overall, just in general. Mm-hmm. So I thought yeah. one of the best, like, I that was like one of those like R comedies. I think it's one of the best we've gotten in a while. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think Hag was the other prominent one that came out this year, but but it was. I don't think it was anywhere as much better. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And you mentioned Outlaw King, Jessica. Yeah, I still have a soft spot for that one. Yeah, I mean, it was really good, and it's it's well produced. Mm -hmm. Um, I think overall, it's a really good story. So yeah, yeah. But otherwise, um, everything else pretty much ended up on the list. So yeah. How about you, Danny? Is there a movie that maybe you would have wished would have cracked the consensus top 10? So I don't know that I would say that it would have made the top 10, but it's a movie that we didn't really get to talk about this year that, as we speak, is sitting at a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes still, and that is Teen Titans Go to the Movies. I think that 2018 had a lot of movies that people did not expect to be good, and they were actually really good, and that was one of them. I had ne- I've never watched Teen Titans go. I wasn't even really that into the other Teen Titans as a kid. But this movie was so much fun to watch because it was so tongue in cheek, like making fun of it's a Warner Brothers animation movie, but it's making fun of the crappy DC movies, the superhero genre as a whole. <laughs> um, the whole the whole movie is how Robin f- is trying to fight to become a real hero, but he feels like he can't do that until he signs a movie deal. So, oh my god. This sounds so, right up my alley. Oh, it's it is so great and like it deserves that ninety one percent rating. I think of the animated films that came out this year, which uh, the most prominent ones I think were that one, uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Incredibles, and Spider Man. Like I prop, I think I enjoyed that maybe more than Ralph Breaks the Internet, but not as much as Incredibles and Spider Man. Like Spider Man deserved that best animated win, but yeah, it was it came out of nowhere. No, that movie should not have been good, but it really really was wow okay all right so we're checking out exactly so that's what's great about these because not all of us have seen the movies that each other have had on our lists and sometimes being able to listen to each other uh gets you a little psyched about checking it out so another movie to check out there t titans go to the movies uh for me i think um i can make myself i know the rest of them won't but uh first man could but the real one (laughs) that i would make a case for is widows i think all right it has such a great cast i think it's a slow burn drama heist film but the intrigue is there it's it's so well acted and uh, i'm just so surprised that it didn't get any more love than it did obviously it came out the same weekend as uh, Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald, so it kind of got overshadowed. But um, that's a movie that I would go to bat for. All right. All right. Let's hit our top 10 movies, and we are going in reverse order, starting at number 10. We actually had a tie uh, because of the way we formulated the points. Um, these two movies are tied. So we'll start with one, and it is Bumblebee. I think this was a bit of a surprise for everyone. Uh, and I know that Danny had it a little higher on his list. Danny, tell us why you think this is one of the better movies of the year. No, you said it. I mean, again, another surprise. Another surprise. <laughs> this movie shouldn't have been good. The, 
the track record of the Transformers series has not been great lately, but was, gotcha. we talked about it at length in the Bumblebee episode. But I mean, it was just it was a fun movie. It it had heart. It's not a story we've never seen before. It's basically E.T. and also basically the first Transformers movie. But it just because it's from the story, like the beats are familiar, doesn't mean it's not a good movie. It's got fun action. It's got, you know, great characters and it's building up and it's building new characters that we haven't even heard of or met in this universe yet outside of Bumblebee and Optimus Prime for a little bit there. Um, but I think it just it does a good job of keeping the audience engaged. Michael Bay did not direct it, so it's not just girls and explosions. So that's nice. Bless. Um, Bless. And I and I think like it's it's the fresh start that that series needs. Like I'd like to see them go further, seeing what another director can do now, and maybe take the main series of films. I think the sixth one is what's coming out next, and give it to someone else besides Michael Bay and see what they can do with it. Because obviously, it worked well. It's not doing <laughs> great at the box office, but I think it's a solid movie. I think it's because so many people expected crap, so yeah. they didn't go see it. Me, me. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, the other movie that's tied for number 10, and this was pretty high on Jessica's list, and that is Creed 2. (laughs) Creed. Yeah, I don't got much to say about this. We talked about this in the podcast. We did. I friggin' love Creed. I love Rocky. It's a family movie. It's got a lot of nostalgia for me, and it calls back to all of the other movies, but it's just a quality movie that just follows through with these characters that you've seen over and over again in really well thought out, believable ways. Um, and of course, like the beats are the same. Every one of these yeah. movies is the same. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I'm here for it. I loved it. Um, Michael B. Jordan was fantastic, uh, reprising his role. So, that, I mean, it was just good. I love Creed. I, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think. Uh, for me, I know that the first one is the first Creed is just like such like it hits on so many beats. This one feels just a little bit shy. But I think when they introduce uh, Drago and his son, I mm-hmm. think that's a nice mix into the movie. So uh, great movie overall. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, the next movie on our list, number nine, and that is Incredibles 2. Uh, this is a movie that we were waiting years for 14 <laughs> years in the making and we got a quality movie out of it yeah i think it was worth it disney's done a, or disney pixar they've done a lot of sequels to these early 2000s pixar movies lately that i think have fallen a little bit short like monsters you and um what was the other one finding dory cars two three four yeah <laughs> wait um, you didn't like finding dory no, let me take that back. I I do enjoy Finding Dory. Car- okay. Monsters, Monsters, you and then Cars two are the ones that kind of stick out to me as the worst sequels. But I think Incredibles two t- took a while, but it was so worth it. Like it, it's a fun movie. It, it's nostalgic as far as you know. I remember watching the first one in theaters as a kid, and this one kind of has some of those same beats. But it is still a new story. It's an updated story for 2018 and the climate we're in right now. Letting Elastigirl mm-hmm. be the focus. Um, I think like it, it that and that could have been something that could have just been seen as like a political move, but it's it's just as much a story about her taking the lead and being the hero as it is about Mr. Incredible, you know, taking the step back, taking care of the family, raising the kids. 
So, I mean, I, the movie just, it worked. It was so good. And let's not forget one of the more enjoyable scenes of the year, Jack-Jack versus the raccoon. Yay! <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I really agree with you. Um, I think that it delivers on a lot of moments. It It's a great callback to the first one. And it's a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next movie on the list. This one was really high on my list. Uh, I know Jessica saw it late. And it didn't quite crack her top 10, but it was pretty high itself there either way. Uh, and that was The Favorite. Um, I think it's so well, like, it's written so well. It's mm-hmm. really funny. Um, the director, Yorgos Lanthimos, he didn't write it because I know Jessica That's has, a tongue twister. Uh, yeah, Jessica, <laughs> you don't like his prior movies I, like The Lobster. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. You hate that That's movie. like torture for, for me to watch The Lobster. It is so painful. Um, but this one, <laughs> but this this one, one is was a lot not. more palatable for general audiences i think yeah yeah and my theater was packed and i saw it super late yeah it, it's been gaining steam as one of those movies that is gonna like come out of no well not come out of nowhere but it's gaining steam as the prestige movie of the holiday you know the holiday award season kind of but mm-hmm. I just think everybody brings their A game in the movie. Nicholas Holt, who is not being talked about enough. I think yeah, he is he's great. He is great in this movie. He is he's great. hilarious. He is the lovable. Yeah. Well, not lovable, but I would say the the, the asshole you just lovable. love to root against. But yeah. he's just funny in every moment. So that yep. is why it cracked our top ten. Number eight, uh the favorite. I just want everyone to know that I was very surprised that it was in the top ten. Yes, you were surprised. And it I just was happened to be flabbergasted. I had it as my personal number two. It, it's really high up there. So now, number seven, um, most of us had this on our list. And it was, again, we talked about it earlier when we talked about the Mahjong scene. And that is Crazy Rich Asians at number seven. Again, I said it, it revived the rom com. It's I, a near flawless rom com. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, that's all. Yeah, it's extravagant. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It's it, it does everything that you want in a movie. Mm-hmm. And yep. I really enjoyed it. And I remember, I think it was you, Jessica. You had read the book before. If, if I'm not I mistaken, I did. Yeah, so it was pretty faithful to the source material, and that was pleasant for me coming into it having read the book already. So. It was just, it was wonderful. Perfect yeah. casting, perfect um, flow to the movie. And it, it was just, just delightful. Very delightful indeed. Uh, I just saw it again for the second time uh, just recently on T on uh, basically on rental. And uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, next movie on our list. Uh, almost everybody had it on their list. Uh, and that is Black Panther. Only reason I don't kill you where you stand is because I know who you are. Now what do you want? I want the throne. <laughs> hey, you, the tuna. <laughs> Y'all sitting up here comfortable. Must feel good. 
It's about two billion people all over the world that looks like us, but their lives are a lot harder. Wakanda has the tools to liberate them all. And what tools are those? Vibranium. Your weapons. Our weapons will not be used to wage war on the world. It is not our way to be judge, jury, and executioner for people who are not our own. Not your own. But didn't life start right here on this continent? So ain't all people your people? I am not king of all people. I am king of Wakanda. And it is my responsibility to make sure our people are safe and that vibranium does not fall into the hands of a person like you. This movie has gotten so much buzz throughout the entire year. There's still yeah. buzz now about it that we're in award season. You know, it's getting nominated for stuff. It's getting nominated for, you know, best picture at Golden Globes. It just got nominated for best screenplay. Really? At the, really? Yeah. Uh, it just got nominated for best screenplay at the Writers Guild. Um, so it's it's making progress and... I would not be surprised if we see it as a nominee for Best Picture. I don't think it'll win, but uh, no, I don't but, think it's going to win. No. But I think it it was great. Um, that's, a, that's a big deal for a Marvel movie to get nominated for Best Picture. Yes, yes, a, a and an all black cast as well. Yeah, yeah, that's another uh, big thing. I mean, you have Chadwick Boseman as King T'Challa. You have Michael B. Jordan. You have Angela Bassett. You have Forrest Whitaker. I mean, this cast is stacked. Stacked. And so um, they really put everything. And then they got Ryan Coogler, who directed the first Creed. They got Creed. him on board. And overall, it's just a great movie. I saw it more than once in theaters, for sure. I thought it was uh, so well done. Any other thoughts on Black Panther? That soundtrack, though. Yes, that soundtrack. <laughs> Damn Very dope. well done. Uh, now, number five on our list. Uh, again, we talked about this movie. We've talked about the actress in this movie. Uh, it's no surprise that it's in at number five, and that is A Quiet Place. A I moment of silence for A Quiet Place. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the first time I saw it in theaters. And how yeah, it, was, it was like eerily silent in that theater. Yeah, it was so damn quiet in there. I couldn't even breathe. Yeah, yeah. I, rem I remember <laughs> when uh, the movie started, like right at the beginning, people are still like making noise, eating popcorn, candy, all that. And like 20 minutes in, like everybody had stopped moving. There was yeah. no movement at all. And it was eerily quiet. It was crazy. And yeah, no, but that and Jack Ryan, I think John Krasinski set out in 2018 to prove that he's not Jim Halpert. And he definitely <laughs> did it. But he is. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> overall that it's a great movie it i believe if i'm not mistaken it made everyone's list if i believe mm -hmm. well actually dean i don't think it, it made my it didn't make mine but it was close it was close uh now the next four movies that we're going to talk about were on everyone's list uh i don't think we are denying at all that these are the four movies that we found to be our favorite well actually I take that back. There's one that didn't crack someone's list. We'll get to that in a second. But number four, uh, again, we talked about one of the biggest moments of 2018. Uh, we're going to get a continuation of it here this year, and that's Avengers Infinity War. Uh, the culmination of 10 years of work uh, put into one movie, and somehow it works. I 
I don't know how they do it. There's so many it, characters in that damn movie. So it many. works so well because they they went into this movie, they went into making it not trying to set up a story, not trying to introduce this character and that character. Because at this point, 10 years later, if you don't know who these characters are, you don't give a crap and it doesn't matter. And I think that's why the movie does so well. It picks up the story. It's action from the very first moment. Um, and it, just, mm-hmm. it runs with it. It's a long movie. It, it's almost at three hours. I think it's like two hours and 44 or something like that. Something like um, that, yeah. But it's, it, you don't even feel it. Like it's action nonstop up until that last moment where, you know, with the snap, My favorite. The decimation is it's officially <laughs> known, apparently. That's the official name? The decimation, yes. Interesting title for According it. to the comics. All right. But overall, I think uh, this was on, this movie was on everyone's list, and it just happens to be such a big moment, so I, I, it couldn't be denied. Uh, number three, sticking with the superhero vibe, but this time animated, and I think we all love this movie so much, and it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yay! Yep. Uh, like, yeah. A small part of me wanted this movie to fail along with Venom so that Marvel Studios can finally get Spider-Man back. But the success of both those movies made that not a possibility. But I'm annoyed man. with Venom's success. Yeah, I, yeah, that one does too. make sense. I don't think Venom didn't deserve it. Into the Spider-Verse absolutely does. Yeah. It is a fantastic film. Yeah, and it and it's another case of some representation as well in that movie because yeah. it just shows you that anyone can be in the mask. You yeah. Know? So mm-hmm. you have a Latino character, you have female characters, you have like, pigs. The, pigs. And <laughs> and the white guy is probably the least interesting of them all. You yeah. Know? Uh, but it's still it's funny. But he's the everyman with the sweatpants. Yeah, he <laughs> Spider Man with sweatpants. That is great. <laughs> what a so good. It is. It's How did really they good. sell that? I don't know. How did they sell that? And... Putting sweatpants. <laughs> on oh God. Okay. But Next. It's, it's it's a great movie overall. It's really good. And there's a reason why it's at number three, because it's just so good. Now, here at number two is a movie that made almost everyone's list, except for Jessica. And that was (laughs) Mission Impossible Fallout. Yep. It was high on everybody else's list. It was my number one movie of the year. Uh, Danny had it really high. He had it as his number one. Daniel (laughs) Brigham had it as his number two. So... Yeah, there's a reason why it's this high on the list. It, I it's mean, just it's so maybe the testosterone level that's in the movie, but <laughs> I did give you guys Infinity War. That made my top ten. That's true. But I couldn't, I couldn't put Mission Impossible <laughs> on there. <laughs> no, like it, so I had just gotten into the Mission Impossible series right before that movie came out. Like the like, I think I saw. Rogue Nation That's right. The day before I saw that movie. Yeah. Right. Wow. Like the other ones, I mean, three, three forward are really, really good. But like, I think like for a series that's been going for almost 20 years now, like I'm not tired of it. Like I want more of it. Like there, these last few have been that good and fallout definitely continued that. Yeah. Fallout. I, I just remember going into the year 
the trailer started coming out. The Super Bowl ad came out. I was just getting hyped and hyped and hyped. I remember the big, one of the big moments of this year came from the trailer. And that's when Henry Cavill loads up his arms as guns. <laughs> He like shakes it out. Yeah, he shakes it's it so out. Bizarre. And it sounds like guns cocking because of the way they did it in the trailer. <laughs> it was crazy. But this movie yeah. is oh my god, I love this movie so much. Uh if you are an action fan, there's no way that you can hold out from seeing this movie. This movie is necessary if you are an action movie fan. So uh go out and see it. Now, uh finally, our number one movie. This made everyone's top 10. Uh, it was pretty high on pretty much everyone's top 10. We've discussed the actors from it. We've discussed the scenes, which was our favorite scene of the year. And that is A Star is Born. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you? Cooper made his directorial debut, as I mentioned earlier. It is shot very well. I think the story is, it's a love story. You know, it's a classic Hollywood love story. So I had a, a quick combo today with one of my coworkers and she was like, hasn't that movie been remade a bunch of times? And I was like, but each one is totally different yes. than the yeah. previous one. Like you can't even, you can't even call this like a remake it's like, I mean, I don't even know. It's its own thing. It's no, not. What? No, I was just going to say, like, you can see, like, it's definitely its own thing. You can see, like, the work that was put into it to make it something different. Like, yeah, the, the music is awesome. The acting is awesome. The casting is great. Besides um, Bradley Cooper and Gaga, you've got Sam Elliott in there. You have his name, Anthony Ramos, who was uh, Philip Hamilton in the original yeah. cast. Yep. Yeah, Dave Chappelle for some reason. Um, Dave Chappelle but, for some reason. But the cast is really good. The acting is great. Bradley Cooper learned to sing, learned to play guitar for this film or for the movie. Learned to direct uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, there was work that went into this movie and it showed 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing it and just not being able to really move once it was over because it does end on a huge ballad and just, I'm just sitting there just letting yeah. it wash over me pretty much. And uh yeah, it, it was a great experience. It was my number three movie of the year. It was really high up there. I just, I just enjoy, I'm a bit of a sucker for like a good love story. And <laughs> so this movie delivers on it. Yeah. It's, it gets really sad. Yeah, it's a yeah. Romeo and Juliet, but like, pretty much when we were talking about like that the high moment of her coming to sing with him on stage, like as high as that moment is, like that low moment at the end in the garage Oof. and the dog the steak, like oh, that, that the is, dog with the steak. That 
like I get I, I didn't know anything about a star is born. I hadn't seen any of the other ones going into it. It's like I, I didn't know what was gonna happen, but man, like you you feel that like damn it. Ugh. They do such a good job of getting you to invest in them as people, mm-hmm. as characters. And so when what happens to Jack's main in the movie happens, you know, you can't help but feel for for that moment. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was that was our top ten. Those were the ten movies of the year con- consensus, of course. Um, actually, what I'm going to be doing, uh, if you're listening to this right now, uh, you'll be able to check out on our website on alwaysthecritic.wordpress.com. We're compiling all three lists that we just talked about. And you'll even be able to see our individual lists as well, as well there. So you can kind of get a sense of where we ranked the specific movies individually and mm-hmm. why we came up with this particular ranking. Uh, before we get out of here, any final thoughts on 2018 as a whole in movies? Um, no, um, I think I watched a lot more movies than I ever did before, thanks to Movie Pass, haha, <laughs> and <laughs> and screw now you, um, Pass. screw you and the <laughs> AMC Stubbs Pass, which has been um, good to me. Oh, so. the AMC Stubbs Pass, yes, it has been great. Uh, yes, and, Movie uh, Pass had to die so that AMC could live and make all of our lives better. <laughs> it's like the phoenix. <laughs> Yep. It oh, rose up from the action. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is our top 10 of 2018. Uh, thank you for listening. Oh, really quick. I did want to give a shout out uh, to another podcast who actually mentioned us on their show. Uh, a friend of mine, his name is Pablo. He has his own show. So I wanted to return the favor. He has a show called the Nobody Cares Club Podcast. It's about pop culture. It's with him and his friend Ricky. They they just did their own top 10. Uh, there's a bit of difference in the types of movies. Um, there's a couple of movies that are, you know, similar. But if you want to get a sense of maybe some different things, maybe you haven't checked out, uh, check them out on wherever you get your podcast, which is Nobody Cares Club podcast. Uh, so give them a shout out. Uh, check them out. And if you liked this episode or some of our other episodes, don't forget to rate and review us. Uh, you could do that on wherever you listen to us and follow us on social media. Always the always critic pod. Uh, that's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All right. That wraps it up. I want to thank Jessica Furpy for coming on to today's episode. Yep. Always a pleasure. And want to thank Daniel Romero for helping us count down the top 10. Definitely. All right, see you guys soon.